Well, welcome, everybody. This is Mayo Clinic Talks, a curated weekly podcast for physicians and healthcare providers. I'm Greg Polin. I'm a professor of medicine and infectious disease at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, and I'm the founder and director of the Mayo Vaccine Research Group and editor-in-chief of the journal Vaccine. I'm here today in honor of Handwashing Awareness Week and we'll talk about the importance of washing your hands. Now, one of the things that's important to say is that if you watch people, all of us touch our eyes, nose, or mouth with our hands. In fact, if you watch, uh, in general, five to 15 times an hour, people will touch their face. Now, this doesn't happen in isolation. Of course, we're touching keyboards, door handles, Whatever it is, in whatever environment we're in, we're touching everything. And when we do that, we accumulate bacteria, viruses, other pathogens that if there's a large enough dose of them or inoculum size on our hands, could actually make us ill. In fact, we know from studies that the average person has 2.2, I believe it is, respiratory infections each year and at least one gastrointestinal illness each year. All of that is potentially preventable by hand washing. There are a lot of misunderstandings about hand washing. I hear them all the time. And they range from how often do you do it, when do you do it, who needs to do it, how you do it, and in particular, a couple I want to address right now. One is any temperature water works. You don't have to have hot water or warm water. The second is any soap works. In particular, you do not need any kind of antibacterial soap. The way that soap works is as a surfactant destroyer. What that means is that when you wash your hands with soap, you're literally dissolving the oils that bacteria and viruses bind to on your hands or bind to the soil that's on your hands. You're lifting that up and rinsing it away. So the efficacy of hand washing has nothing to do with using an antibacterial soap. It has everything to do with scrubbing it loose and rinsing it away. That's an important point because it implies a certain time interval that we wash our hands. The other thing I'm, I'm sorry to say is that I have never seen a layperson wash their hands properly. I'm sure it occurs, but I'm a keen observer of individuals. And this is a behavioral issue because in a simple task like hand washing, everybody thinks they know how to do it. So there's no motivation to change how they do it. So I just wanted to, to make that point. The other thing, and guys, I'm sorry about this one, but study after study has shown that women do a better job than men. In fact, I will tell you about a study that's been repeated a couple of times at the very large infectious disease meetings that we have. People were stationed in the washrooms and uh, were observing hand washing, trying to be discreet, of course. And what they found is that men were very poor at it. Most of them 
uh, either not washing their hands or simply running their fingers under the water, and that was it. Women did much better, not by a little bit, but much better. There have been various reasons proposed for that, uh, one being that it's often a woman who's changing a diaper, at least historically, often a woman who's been preparing the family food, at least historically. So that may be part of the reason. I think too that women are more often observant about the health of their families, perhaps more so than men. So all of that tends to play in. The other thing that I wanna tell you is a study that I did. And uh, my daughter actually did it as part of a high school science project. But what we did is we took cotton swabs and we swabbed inside the water of a toilet we swabbed the handles on bathroom sinks in a variety of settings. We swabbed the door handles when you exit a bathroom. We put this into an incubator. I ended up having to clean my incubator because within 12 hours, there were so many fecal bacteria that it overgrew the cultures and poured out into my incubator, except for one place. The place we swabbed that had the least number of bacteria was the toilet water. So that was cleaner than the bathroom handles on the sink or the handle exiting the bathroom. Now, why do I mention that? Because again, it says a lot about the method that we're going to discuss. So let me go through a little bit what that looks like. And I came up with a, a sort of acronym that uh, almost sounds like a radio station to me, so maybe it'll be helpful to you. And it's WLSR, okay? It stands for wet, lather, scrub, and rinse. Wet your hands, lather your hands, scrub your hands, and rinse your hands. We could actually add a D, dry your hands. So let me take you through that method. And we are going to link to a couple of resources for you. One is a product you can buy called GlowGerm. It goes by a, a variety of different names. And basically what it is, is it's a powder or a liquid. You can get it in different forms that you put on your hand and then it glows under an ultraviolet light. So you can put it on your hands, wash your hands. This is really good for kids too. Wash your hands, then shine the ultraviolet light on and find out all the areas that you missed. We're also gonna to link to a uh, demonstration of this that I did on the Jimmy Kimmel show a few years ago, which I hope you'll watch because you'll never forget how to wash your hands properly. All right, let's go through the method. You turn the water on, again, any water, it can be cold water, warm water, whatever. You wet your hands, you get your soap, and if it's liquid soap, you wanna use enough of it, or bar soap, it doesn't matter which. And you're going to rub your hands together in a circular motion. You're getting the tops and the, the bottoms of your hands, the palm of your hands. Then you're gonna take your fingers, one hand on top of the other, and interdigitate between the two hands. So you're rubbing your fingers back and forth between each finger, top and bottom. Then two areas that, or three areas actually, that get commonly missed, fingernail area. So take your hand, kind of cup it, so your fingers are together, 
and put it in the palm of your other hand and scrub your nails, your fingertips, back and forth in the palm of the other hand. And then, of course, you do the other side. Then you're going to take the thumb. You're going to grab it with your other hand. And in a circular motion, you're going to kind of almost like you're winding something up. You're going to scrub both thumbs, being sure you get the base. There's a little indentation there between the thenar and hypothenar eminence. And that's a little cave, if you will, a depression that's often missed. Finally, you're going to use one hand to scrub the back of the other hand on both sides. So in that way, you'll be sure not to miss any areas of your hand. Now, you don't need to take a scrub brush unless you're visibly soiled on your hands. That's what a surgeon would do for a different reason. And if you're doing hand washing properly, you're going to do it a number of times a day. So you don't want to chap your hands up by overzealous washing. Anyway, you're going to do this for 20 to 30 seconds. A cute little way of remembering it is it's about the amount of time that it takes you to sing happy birthday to yourself. And then once you're convinced that you've gotten all the areas of your hand gently, you're then going to rinse your hands. Now, the reason I told you about the study my daughter and I did is to make this point. If you now touch the faucet handles, you are reinfecting your hands. So you're going to want to take a tissue, a paper towel, whatever it is, and turn the handle off that way, being sure you get another towel to dry your hands and use that towel to grab the bathroom handle and exit and discard the paper towel. So that's how you wash your hands properly. Again, if you go to the video, you'll see how to do it. There's nothing wrong afterwards with using a hand lotion, particularly you know, in Minnesota in our winters, your hands get uh, chapped up and so you've gotta be careful. I'm gonna make one other comment. Hand washing is actually the preferred method over using a hand gel or so-called hand rub. Now you might think that using a hand rub that has alcohol in it would be better, but it's actually not. It's a second best. So when you're out and about, you need to have hand lotion or hand rub with you because you can't always have access to a sink. The key with using it is very similar to what we talked about with hand washing. You wanna put about a quarter size dollop or more of the hand lotion on your hand and then you're going to do the same thing that we talked about your nails between fingers back of hands thumb and you're going to let it air dry in this case you don't want to wipe it off with a towel you actually need it to be on your hands here's why it doesn't work as well Viruses that are trapped in dirt that's on your hand or within the oils of your hand may in fact be protected from inactivation by that oil or dirt. So if your hands are visibly soiled, you wanna wash them first with soap and water. When you're out and about, uh, certainly for me in between patients where my hands have not gotten you know, soiled per se, and I can't wash my hands, I use a hand sanitizer. You want to use one that's at least 60% ethyl, not methyl, ethyl alcohol. 
the ones that I've seen that are herbal and aromatic and don't contain ethyl alcohol are not helpful. So that's how you wash your hands. I hope you'll do it. When to do it? Before you eat, before you touch your face, after using the bathroom. If you're helping a child or somebody who's ill and you're assisting them, you're going to wash your hands. Uh, so those are the key times that you want to think about. Obviously for us as healthcare providers, when you go in and out of a room, you're going to use a hand rubber. You're going to wash your hands in between patients. Uh, if you've assisted in a procedure, obviously. Anything you've touched that's soiled, for example, changing dressings on a wound. You're going to wash your hands before, you're going to wash your hands after. I think that's pretty well known. I think the key part that we tend to neglect is before we eat or touch our face because we've touched so many things during the day. The key part in thinking through this is not to make all of us germaphobes, right? You could get to the point where you're washing your hands every few minutes. I don't think that's very helpful. It is, again, before you eat, before you touch your face, after the bathroom, and after seeing and before seeing a patient. That's going to go a long, long way to decreasing not only nosocomial infections, but protecting your own health. One other point I'd like to make, again, we're going to have National Handwashing Awareness, that, which begins in December. Can I encourage you to do two things? Number one, use this as an opportunity to teach your staff, help other physicians and nurses notice when they've washed their hands well or not. Maybe put some posters up in examination rooms, etc. Teach your own kids and family, certainly as kids move back towards school. Uh, hand washing turns out to be an important strategy in decreasing the risk of, of COVID. Let's all take the opportunity, not only to encourage it among ourselves and our staff, our fellow professional colleagues, but also among our patients and our own family. Uh, again, as a way of decreasing the burden of illness, not only for respiratory diseases, but also gastrointestinal diseases. I think you'll be glad you did. You'll find links for the resources I mentioned, including the Jimmy Kimmel video, in the description box. Please check them out. So again, my name is Dr. Greg Poland. I hope this has been helpful. Uh, please do share this link with others so that they too can protect themselves. Thank you and be safe.